morning, dear friends. Today is uh, the 22nd of July, 2013, and we are in our third week of the summer opening in Plum Village. We are in the still water meditation hall of the upper hamlet. When we breathe in, and if uh, we bring our attention to our uh, in-breath, we know that we are breathing in. We are aware that uh, an in-breath is happening, is taking place. That is called a mindful breathing. You breathe and you know that you are breathing. When you drink some tea, and if uh, you bring your attention to the tea, and if you know that you are drinking tea, and that is called a mindful drinking. So uh, mindfulness is always mindfulness of something. Mindfulness of breathing, mindfulness of uh, drinking. When we walk, and if you pay attention to every step, it's called a mindful walking. And when you uh, wash the dishes, and if you are aware that you are washing dishes, there's a mindful washing. And when you brush your teeth in uh, and you know that you are brushing your teeth, there's mindful toothbrushing. So it is very clear that mindfulness is a kind of energy that allows us to know what is happening. We are there and we know what is happening. What is happening in our body? What is happening in our feelings, our emotions? our perceptions, and what is happening around us. And that energy is called uh, the energy of mindfulness. It is a, a holy energy. And when you practice mindfulness, the element of holiness is in us. When someone is breathing mindfully, the element of holiness is in him, and we can you can call him your holiness. When someone uh, is angry, and if she knows that she is angry, breathing in, I know that I am angry. That is mindfulness of anger. Anger is there, not so holy. But mindfulness is there also as a holy uh, energy. So even if you have anger in you, and if you breathe in and out, producing the energy of mindfulness, and knowing that anger is in you, the element of holiness is in you at the same time. And the energy of, whole, uh, energy, the energy of mindfulness is the energy of the Buddha. The Buddha is with you, shining 
so that you know what is going on, so that you know what to do and what not, not to do in that moment. You are protected by the element, by the energy of the Buddha. The energy of mindfulness brings together the energy of um, concentration. That is uh, the second holy uh, energy. When you are aware of something, mindful of something, you are somehow concentrated on it. When you are aware of your in-breath, you are somehow concentrated on your in-breath. Because you don't think of anything else. You just become focused on your in-breath. So the um, concentration, the, the, the energy of mindfulness uh, uh, carries within itself the energy of concentration. And if uh, mindfulness and concentration are there, something else is there also, that is the energy of insight. Mindfulness and concentration always bring you uh, bring you uh, insight, a kind of uh, right view, a kind of uh, enlightenment, a kind of understanding. Suppose you, when you breathe in mindfully and you realize that you are alive, and that is an insight. Because someone who is already dead does not breathe in anymore. You are breathing in, it means you are alive. And to be alive is a, a wonderful thing. I know that I am alive. That is already an insight. That is already an enlightenment. Enlightenment. That is always, that is already a, an awakening. Because many people spend 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, but they do not know that they are alive and they do not appreciate the fact that they are alive. And you just breathe in and become of your in-breath and you know that you are alive. And you appreciate the fact that you are alive. That is, um, that is an insight already. And that insight can deepen as we continue. Breathing in, you know that you are alive that your ancestors are still alive in you. And you carry them with you like a river. So that kind of insight continues if you know how to practice uh, mindfulness and concentration. And the energy of insight can dissipate dissipate, uh, darkness, uh, show you the light and liberate you from anger, fear, uh, despair, and liberate you from all this kind of uh, confusion. And the three kinds of energies, mindfulness, concentration, and insight, uh, at the heart uh, uh, heart of Buddhist meditation. To meditate means to generate these kind of energies that have the power to help us to be alive, to know what is going on, to know what to do and what not what to do, 
and to be free from afflictions like fear, anger, despair, and so on. This morning we will practice uh, mindfulness of, uh, of breathing together with mindfulness of suffering. We come home to ourselves and recognize that there is suffering in us. Many of us do not want to do that. We think that it's not pleasant to come home and to get in touch with the suffering in us. We are afraid that you'll be overwhelmed by the suffering inside. That is why we always try to run away from ourselves, from the suffering inside, by the way of consuming. If we consume uh, television, not exactly because the TV program is interesting. Sometimes it's not interesting at all, but we don't dare to turn it off because we don't want to go back to ourselves and touch the suffering inside. So we consume television because we want to run away from ourselves. We are afraid of touching the suffering inside of us. The same is true when we pick up a magazine to read, a book to read. I'll take a car to go somewhere. Or pick up the telephone and talk with someone else. We are trying to run away from ourselves. We try to cover up the suffering inside. We don't want to recognize the fact that, is, that there is suffering inside. But the practice uh, recommended by the Buddha is that we should go home and take care of the suffering inside and try to transform it. So with the practice of mindful breathing, we have the energy that we need in order to recognize and to embrace the suffering inside of us, like a mother holding her baby tenderly. So the practitioner practice mindful breathing in and out, and using that kind of energy of mindfulness of breathing to recognize suffering and to and to and to lullaby, lullaby it, to embrace it. Dear suffering, I know you are there. I am taking good care of you. Don't worry. That is the practice. And if you are beginners in the practice, and our mindfulness is not strong enough to do so, we should be able to borrow the collective energy of mindfulness of the whole group in order to do so. It's easy. Because when everyone is uh, breathing in and out mindfully, they generate a powerful collective energy of mindfulness. And if you know how to make good use of it, you can go back to yourself, recognize the suffering inside of you, 
and allow that collective energy of mindfulness to embrace the pain in your in yourself. That is called taking refuge in the Sangha. It's like the practice of a drop of water. The drop of water allowed herself to be embraced by the river. Transport, transported by the whole river. She takes refuge, she takes refuge in the river. She allowed the river to embrace and transport her. We do the same here. We sit in the Sangha, it means a community of practice, and we say, Dear Sangha, this is my pain, this is my sorrow, this is my despair. Please help, embrace it for me. Because my mindfulness is not strong enough, as in I am only a beginner in the practice. And if we allowed the collective energy of the Sangha to penetrate into your body, to penetrate into your heart and embrace your fear, your anger, your despair, you feel much better after a few minutes of practice. Because the energy of mindfulness is a holy energy that has the power to heal. In uh, the Buddhist tradition, there is uh, a person, a practitioner, whose name is uh, Bodhisattva Avalokita. That person knows how to listen to his own suffering. And he was able to understand that suffering. And because he knows how to listen, and to understand his own suffering, he became able to listen, to understand the suffering of other people. And that is called uh, deep listening, compassionate listening. And when you listen with compassion, with understanding, you can help people to suffer much less. And that is why in the Buddhist tradition they always invoke the name of Avalokiteshvara. Namo Avalokiteshvara. Yeah. So now uh, the monastics are chanting, will chant the name of Avalokiteshvara together. And they will practice chanting in mindfulness. When they chant the name for the first time, they go back to themselves and recognize the suffering in them. Because monastics have suffering also. And the suffering inside of us carries within itself the suffering of our father, of our mother, of our ancestors. If we understand our suffering, we understand the suffering of our father, our mother. Our father, maybe he, he did not know how to handle the suffering in him. He could not transform it, so he has uh, transmitted his suffering to you, to me, to us. 
And if we don't know how to transform our suffering, we will transmit it to our children. So understanding our suffering, we understand the suffering of our father, our mother, our ancestors. And the purpose of the chanting, of the listening, of the breathing, is to get in touch with the suffering in order to hold it, to understand it. And from that is born another kind of energy called compassion. When you understand suffering, compassion arises naturally. And compassion is a kind of energy that can heal, that can transform. This is easy to understand. When you look at the other person, and if you don't see the suffering in him or her, you continue to be angry at him or her. But if you see the suffering in him or her, and if you understand why he has suffered like that, you see that that person has a lot of suffering. That person does not know how to handle the suffering in him. That is why he continues to suffer. He continues to be the victim of his suffering. And when he cannot do anything with his suffering, he makes other people around him suffer also. So he is victim number one of his own suffering. And maybe we are only victim number two or three. And if we see like that, we understand like that, we are not angry at him anymore. Instead, we want to say something or to do something to help him or her suffer less. It means compassion has been born in our heart. And he can look at that person with the eyes of compassion. So it is very clear that uh, recognizing suffering, understanding suffering, always bring about the energy of compassion. And the energy of compassion always heal and transform. And that is why when we chant in mindfulness, we get in touch with our own suffering, we come to understand it, and we generate the energy of compassion that can heal us and help uh, heal, helps heal the, the other people. <laughs> when they chant for the second time, the name Avalokiteshvara, they reach out and recognize the suffering in the people in front of them. On their left, on their right. And try to understand and again, the purpose is the same, to allow compassion to develop, to grow. And when they send for the third time, they reach out to the world, recognize the suffering that is going on in many spots of the world. Violence, death, injustice, hunger, suppression, social inequality, and so on. 
So getting in touch with that kind of suffering in the world help compassion to grow in our heart. So during the time of chanting, we can generate energy of mindfulness, of compassion. And that collective energy has the, has the power to heal. And if we allow ourselves to be in the spot, in the zone of that energy, and allow that energy to penetrate into our, into our body, into our heart, and then we get the healing, we get the transformation. So the practice is uh, to be there, like a drop of water in the river, to allow the collective energy of mindfulness and of compassion generated by the chanting to embrace you, to penetrate into your body and heart. And you will get a relief after a few minutes of practice. There is a tension in our body. And if we know how to be there, breathing in mindfully and relaxed, the collective energy of mindfulness and compassion will penetrate into our, into our body and help release the tension. And we feel better after a few minutes. And if we have uh, some fear, some anger, despair in our heart, it's the time to open our heart and allow the collective energy of the Sangha to penetrate and embrace it. You surrender to the Sangha like a drop of water surrender herself to the river. And if you are mindful of the chanting, of the breathing, then our mind will stop thinking naturally because thinking takes us away from the here and the now. And we will miss the sense of healing and transformation. So stop the thinking by just focus your attention on your in-breath, on your out-breath, and on the energy, collective energy of mindfulness and concentration that is being generated in the here and the now. You let uh, that collective, you stop the thinking and you allow the energy to embrace and to heal. And if you have uh, a member of the family who suffers this moment, who cannot come to the retreat, we can very well send this energy to him or to her at home or in the hospital just by calling the name silently or thinking of that person. And, that, that, and this energy of mindfulness and concentration and compassion will be channeled to him or to her this morning. And at home they will feel better. And if during the chanting and practice you want to cry, allow yourself to cry. But remember to breathe mindfully 
and contribute to the making of the collective energy of mindfulness to help the Sangha uh, practice healing and transformation.
The practice of uh, listening to the bell can be very deep and very uh, powerful. When I hear the bell, I breathe in and I might like to recite uh, a gata. Gata means a verse of two lines. I listen, I listen. This wonderful sound brings me back to my true home. When you breathe in, you may say silently, I listen, I listen. (coughs) (coughs) And when we breathe out, we may say, this wonderful sound brings me back to my true home. My true home is where I I find comfortable the most. My true home is not located in space or time. My, my true home is, uh, is here and now. My true home is not in Amsterdam or Los Angeles or Marseille. My true home is here and now. Because uh, the past is no longer there. I don't want to go back to the past and suffer. And the future is not yet there. I do not want to lose myself in, uh, in fear, in uncertainty concerning the future. The future is not yet there. So there is only one moment where life is available, and that is the present moment. Going home to the present moment, you get in touch with life and all the wonders of life that are available in that moment. So the present moment, the here and the now, are your true home, is your true home. It's simple. You cannot forget here and now. And I have found out that everything you are looking for, you long for, it is in the present moment, including peace, happiness, the pure land of the Buddha, or the kingdom of God. All these things must be sought in the present moment. And when we go home to the present moment, we get in touch with the wonders of life that are refreshing and healing and nourishing in order to get the nourishment and the healing that we need. So we learn always to go home to the here and the now and feel comfortable in the here and the now. Most people are not capable of being established in the moment present, in the present moment. They are always running. They are looking for something. And they think that uh, that something must be somewhere else or in the future. So we sacrifice the present for the sake of the future. And this practice is uh, the opposite. Stop running. 
go home to the here and the now and get what you are looking for, you have been looking for, right in the here and the now. Peace, happiness, love, the kingdom of God, the pure land of the Buddha, they are all available in the here and the now. And we need some training to get used to it. To go home to the here and the now and live our life deeply each moment. And the energy of mindfulness is the kind of energy that allowed us to live deeply every moment that is given us to live. Because it brings us to the here and the now and helps us getting in touch with the wonders of life that are available in the here and the now. It's easy to understand intellectually, but uh, we need some uh, practice, some training in order to get ears to uh, go, go in home. And uh, when we listen to the bell, Breathing in, we may say, I listen, I listen. It means I'm really listening to the bell and really going home. And we can invite uh, all the cells in our body to join us in listening. There are billions of cells in our body and each of them have their own life. And we can invite all of them to join us in listening to the bell. Deep listening. So the bell can penetrate into every cell. The present moment, the awakening. And uh, our ancestors, they are in every cell of our body. Our ancestors have not died. They continue always in ourselves, in our body. So when we invite all the cells in our body to join us in listening to the bell, all our ancestors are invited at the same time. And we and all our ancestors are listening to the bell, breathing in, calming, breathing out, smiling. That's very beautiful. So instead of saying, I listen, I listen, we can say, we listen, we listen, all the cells, all our ancestors. We have uh, genetic ancestors, and we have uh, spiritual ancestors, Buddha, Jesus, Mohammed, Abraham, they are all our spiritual ancestors, and we invite them to listen to the bell and be alive in the here and the now. So that is uh, deep listening. So the practice of listening to the bell is not just to, to offer uh, silence, but to, to allow the energy of mindfulness and peace to penetrate into every cell so that we and our ancestors can profit. We listen, we listen, this wonderful sound bringing us back to our true home, 
which is the here and the now. And the children, in a few days, will know how to appreciate that kind of uh, energy, collective energy of peace generated by the practice of listening. Walking meditation can be a very uh, wonderful practice, helping us to learn how to live deeply every moment of our daily life. Because we have the tendency, the habit of running. We make it look like that uh, life is not available now. Happiness and peace is not available now. We have to run to somewhere, to the future, in order to look for them. So this practice is the opposite. We stop running. We go home to the here and now and touch the happiness, the peace, right there. So every step helps us to stop. And uh, this requires a training, some training, because we are used to them. So now stopping, we need the collective energy of Sangha to help us. And that is why it may be helpful that when you make a step, you say, I have arrived already. And that is the truth, I have arrived in the here and the now. That is my destination, that is my true home. So, breathing in, I make a step, and I say, I have arrived. And this is not a declaration. This is a realization. And if your mindfulness is powerful, you can arrive 100% in the here and the now. You stop running completely. And you taste life in the present moment. And that you can do uh, when you are alone, slow walking. Take one in-breath and make just one step. I have arrived. Challenge yourself. You have the capacity of arriving in the here and the now and stopping completely the running. And if you have not arrived 100%, don't make another step. Stay there and breathe out and try to breathe in again. Challenge yourself. You do have that capacity to stop running, to stop completely and to touch the here and the now. That is the training. I have arrived. It may help to focus your attention on the sole of your foot, not allow your mind to be on this level. Bring it down and touch the ground, as if you are kissing Mother Earth with your foot. 
you get the healing you need by touching Mother Earth that way. You go home to her, and she has the capacity to help you heal. I have arrived. One step, and then when you breathe out, I am home. Touching the earth with your feet. Bumi Spaksha. Bumi Spaksha is the Sanskrit word for touching the earth. Every step is healing. Every step is nourishing. Every step is solidity. Every step is freedom. Because you are solidly anchored in the present moment. And you are free from the past, the future, and your projects. So when you practice walking like that, you cultivate nourishment, healing, solidity, and liberty. But when we walk together, we cannot walk like that. We risk to create embouteillage, traffic jam. So we may try uh, two steps while breathing in, and three steps while breathing out. I have arrived, I have arrived, I'm home, home, home. When I do uh, walking meditation, I usually begin with uh, three steps for my in-breath and five steps for my out-breath. When I do alone, I always begin like that. And then about a few minutes later, it becomes naturally four and six. Because our out-breath is usually a little bit longer than our in-breath. So choose the number, the rhythm that, that gives you the greater pleasure. <clears throat> when you're going up like that, the number of steps will be reduced. Four, six become three, five, two, three, or even one, one, two. When you're climbing, one step for your in-breath, and maybe two steps for your out-breath. The essential is that it should be enjoyable, whether it is uh, the in-breath or the out-breath. It should be uh, enjoyable. <coughs> You are walking in the kingdom of God. You have arrived in the kingdom of God. Because if you focus your attention on your in-breath and make a step, the energy of mindfulness helps you to come to the here and the now. And you release the past. You release the future. You release your projects. You are free. Without freedom, you cannot enter the kingdom of God. 
And to me, the kingdom of God is not an idea, a notion, it's a reality. I can see the kingdom of God in a tiny flower, in a blade of grass, in a drop of dew, in the sunshine, in a little child. It's clear that the kingdom of God is available on earth in the here and the now. If you have the power, if you have the energy of mindfulness and concentration, and then you can touch the kingdom of God at any time. (coughs) And walking meditation is the practice of walking in the kingdom of God. If you know how to practice mindfulness of breathing, and then you have enough freedom. This is not political freedom. This is a freedom from the regret and the sorrow concerning the past. Freedom from the uncertainty and the fear about the future. Freedom from your worries and fear. And with that freedom, One step is enough to bring you into the kingdom of God. And you can enjoy, you can get the healing and transformation that you need. It's very clear that the kingdom of heaven is on earth, available. The problem remains is whether you are available to the kingdom. And you can make yourself available to the kingdom by breathing in mindfully and making a step mindfully. That is the energy of mindfulness, concentration, that gives you the insight that the kingdom is here and now. And these three kinds of energy, mindfulness, concentration, and insight, are equivalent to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the energy of God. And if you have these energies, the kingdom is yours. So the practitioner of meditation generates mindfulness and concentration and insight. And she can get in touch with the kingdom of God in the here and the now. So walking meditation is not for the sake of enlightenment or happiness in the future. Walking meditation is to enjoy the kingdom of God, the pure land of the Buddha, right in the here and the now with every step. And if all of us can walk like that, the energy generated will be wonderful, powerful, that can help uh, nourish and heal all of us. So during the walking, no, no talking, no thinking. Just breathing and enjoyment. The breathing and the walking generate the energy of mindfulness, concentration, and insight. That insight is very, very clear. That life is available only in the here and the now. That the kingdom of God is really available in this moment. And that if you cannot touch the wonders of life, the kingdom of God, you waste your life. 
and that is the insight that can easily obtain by the practice of mindful walking, mindful breathing. And there are those of us in the Sangha who can do that. They are monastics and lay practitioners. They know how to enjoy every step. They know how to touch the pure land of the Buddha, the kingdom of God, the wonders of life in every moment. See, it's, it's not difficult. It's the sunshine, the trees, the hills, the birds, the children, they all belong to the kingdom. That flower that you see, if it does not belong to the kingdom, then it will belong to what? And you yourself, you belong to the kingdom. You are part of the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is in you. So generate the energy of mindfulness, of concentration and insight, and the and element of holiness is in you. And you can touch the kingdom in you and around you. I have arrived. I am home. My home is the kingdom of God. The here and the now. In the here, in the now. But if you, you want to, 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 to use only the first sentence, that's fine. I have arrived. I am home. That's good enough. And you can you do it again. I have arrived. I am home. You don't need to do all of us. But uh, from time to time you like to change. You say, in the here, in the now. It is exactly the same thing. The words are different, but the meaning is the same. My steps bring me back to the here. My step brings me back to the now, in the here and the now. I am solid, I am free. This is not uh, wishful thinking, uh, auto-suggestion. Because if you breathe in mindfully and make a step mindfully, (coughs) you are solidly established in the present moment. So the element of solidity is real, not imagination. I am solid. The past cannot pull me, pull me away. The future cannot pull me away. I am free. So I am solid. And because I am solid, I am free. I am solid, I am free. Freedom is the foundation of happiness. And every step can set us free. If you are truly mindful and concentrated. Freedom is possible. 
in the ultimate ideal or in the pure land of the Buddha ideal or in the kingdom of heaven ideal is the same. <coughs> the ultimate means the ground of my being. Some uh, delusions describe God as uh, the ground of being. Suppose we talk about a wave on the surface of uh, the ocean, a little wave. The little wave is careful, is scared, because she's caught in the notion of birth and death, coming up and going down, to be there and not to be there. We talk about the wave in terms of beginning, ending, going up, going down, smaller or larger, being there or not being there. So if uh, the wave is caught in these notions, she's scared. But if she, she breathes in, <laughs> If the, if the wave knows how to breathe in and touch the ultimate in herself and find out that she is water and then she loses all her fear. The moment when the wave realizes that she is water, she is no longer afraid. She enjoys going up and she enjoys going down. The notion of being and not being, beginning and ending, coming and going, do not bother her anymore <coughs> because she knows that she, she is water. So in Christianity, there is the notion of resting in God, the wave resting on water. She knows that she is water. So in the ultimate ideal, it means uh, my nature is the nature of no birth and no death. And if I touch that nature, I am the, in the kingdom of God. I am in nirvana, because nirvana is the nature of our nature of no birth and no death. So that four-line verse can be very deep. And we may use it uh, while sitting or walking. I have arrived. I'm home. In the here, in the now. I'm solid. I'm free. In the ultimate idea. And walking meditation can bring a lot of happiness and heal. And it's easy enough for everyone. It's a wonderful way to learn how to live in the present moment, to stop running. And in Plum Village, not only we do it together once a day, but every time we need to go from one place to another, we always apply walking meditation. From your room to the kitchen, to the toilet, to the dining hall, you always 
ills walking with this and then enjoy every step. You never leave the kingdom of God. And that is why you see why we walk, we don't talk, we don't think. Because we, that's the time to enjoy the kingdom with every step. And talking prevents you, prevent you from, from that. If you need to say something to the person next to you and then stop walking and say it mindfully, and when you finish, you resume touching the kingdom of God. And if everyone does like that, the campus becomes the kingdom of God. It's powerful. Uh, we create uh, the energy, the collective energy that can help heal us. So please remember, <coughs> when you walk, when you you are in the retreat. No matter how the distance is, how short the distance is, always enjoy every step. Even if it is only five steps, because uh, the kingdom, the pure land is available with every step. When uh, we eat our lunch, we can enjoy every moment of eating lunch. Because eating is a, a practice of mindfulness, mindful eating. <coughs> we sit relaxingly, we look at the food, which is a uh, a gift from sky and earth. When you pick up uh, a piece of uh, carrot, for instance, you just look at it for one second or half a second, isn't In mindfulness. And half a second is enough for us to get the insight that this piece of carrot contains within itself the whole cosmos, the sunshine, the rain, the earth, and everything. It is an ambassador coming from the cosmos to nourish you. That needs a second or less than a second for you to, to see. That is the insight. Insight, enlightenment, Awakening is not something far away. It can be obtained just by one or two seconds of mindful breathing. And when you see that piece of carrot like that, it is a wonder. The piece of carrot becomes a wonder. And you put it in your mouth, and you get in touch with the whole cosmos. You are in touch. You are not alienated from from the cosmos. And when you show, you only show that piece of carrot. You are not showing your projects, your anger, your fear. It's not good for your health. 
and you show it uh, slowly. Anything you sh- you show it like that become very tasty, even a piece of bread without butter, without jam. I recommend you try today your lunch. This is a new habit of eating. Years ago, we used um, to offer, to bring in the meditation, a basket of uh, bread. We cut the bread into very small pieces like this. And everyone is offered one piece of bread before looking for a moment and see the whole cosmos in a piece of bread. And then you put it in our mouth and you shoo and get in touch with the cosmos. And you shoo at least 30 times. And you know something, after you have shooed that piece of bread for 30 times, it becomes very tasty. Very tasty. And if you shoot it uh, 40 times, it stays there. And it becomes very easy to, di- to, to digest. Try today, please. Don't take a too big uh, mouthful. That's enough. Why should we, you stop your thinking? Just focus your attention on what you should. And get in touch with the cosmos. And should mindfully and count. One, two, three. And there are those of us who do not count, but use a gata, because uh, verses uh, can be 20, 20 words, 24 words, or 30 words. And when we, uh, when we finish a verse, we know how many times we have. Uh, and if needed, we, we, we <coughs> repeat the verse. Like, uh, I have arrived, I am home. That's six times. And you will discover that after 30 times of chewing, what you chew in your mouth becomes very tasty, even if it's bread without butter, without them. Very delicious. And you can continue to 40 or 50 if you like. And you realize that after you have eaten half of the amount of food on your, on your plate, you are already satisfied. You don't need to eat more. But please try today to see. The lower hamlet um, <coughs> we have a, a day of uh, practice uh, down there in a few days. And uh, all three hamlets will bring our sandwich to walking meditation. Uh, and and you will sit down 
together and eat lunch together. They will be eating lunch with you on that day. And uh, when we eat like that, we transform the place into heaven, the kingdom of heaven. So during uh, eating lunch, uh, we may choose to stop uh, thinking, stop talking, and just uh, get in touch with uh, the cosmos. and get nourishment, nourishment and healing. In Christianity, we celebrate uh, the Eucharist, and the piece of bread represents the body of Jesus as communion, getting in touch with Jesus through a piece of bread, and realize that piece of bread is the body of Jesus. But in this tradition, the piece of bread that you are, you are holding, that is the body of the cosmos. And looking into the piece of bread, you can see the whole cosmos. The earth, the sky, the sunshine, the rain, it is really about the body of the cosmos. And you get in touch. It has come to nourish you. So the time for eating, can be a very uh, powerful experience of healing and transformation. And today, please try. <coughs> try eating your lunch like that. Try to show at least 30 times and focus only on what you are showing. And you see. And now it's time for walking meditation. And we shall walk in such a way that we can experience the kingdom of God in the here and the now.